I never told no one that My whole life I've been holding back Every time I load my gun up So I can shoot for the stars I hear a voice like Who do you think you are? Negative All right, everybody. Another day, another dollar, another one of my favorite episodes, my favorite podcast. What if it did work? Yeah, bias. It's my own podcast. But you know what? I'm super stoked. I'm super excited because I've got man that has a cutting edge company, Dan Zavartini. You're going to have to correct me on that. <laughs> Co-founder of Nutri, NutriSense, metabolic health company that utilizes continuous glucose monitoring technology to provide real-time glucose data to clients. He launched three months before COVID, dude, all about timing. And he has grown the company from an idea to over 160 employees in just 31 months. Just recently, he raised $32 million from investors. When Dad, Dan's not working, he loves to travel, and he has been to over 100 countries before the age of 30. Well, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So talk to me. The world of health, glucose. Yeah. Out of all things, why why glucose monitoring? Was it yeah. like your family had a history? or Sure, sure, sure. So one... I was actually working in healthcare consulting and I worked for some of the main hospitals in the world, the top hospitals in the world. And my job was to figure out how do you optimize profitability for hospitals, insurance companies, and device manufacturers. And surprise, surprise, oftentimes optimizing profitability for them is at odds with actually helping people, making people live, help people live longer. So I kept seeing trends where people in America getting sicker and sicker, yet simultaneously we're spending more and more per capita every year. And what was the reason? Specifically around that we as Americans are the best marketers in the world. And sometimes we market things that are just terrible for you. So every single time you go to the grocery store, you're fighting a battle of like data scientists and marketers just trying to convince you to eat something and do something that's extremely unhealthy for you. While simultaneously, we're all working crazy hours. So you're just sitting in your butt all day. And so we keep gaining waistline. and the question becomes, how do we prevent this? And I wanted to, I got to the point in my life where I said, hey, I'm making good money. I want to actually do something that I'm passionate about. And health is one of those things. And so I was looking for some sort of technology that would help revolutionize the industry of health because health and education, two things have been around for so long in the US that they're just broken and no one wants to fix them. And so the idea here it was, how do we do something that's preventative? And how do we use technology that's more subjective to you? And so when we found this technology, continuous glucose monitoring, What's nice about it is you put in your arm and it's a little device that actually penetrates the skin a couple millimeters and it sits in the blood level and actually tells you in real time, 24 seven, how you respond to food, how you respond to stress, to exercise, to even things like pollution or for women, menstrual cycle. And what's fascinating about this is you get to actually understand your body. So when you hear a diet, sometimes people say like, oh, I did a keto diet. It was amazing for me. Someone else says, I tried, I gained weight. And someone else says, no, vegan diet's the best one for you. And someone else like, I hate it. And it's not because one diet's better than another. It's because our bodies are so unique. Anything from our back and our ethnic backgrounds to our microbiome, to how much fitness we have to our age, all those things determine how healthy or unhealthy we are or discern diets. And so by having this device, you in real time can see how things impact you. And so you see a lot of times, three different people drink coffee. One person actually has an improved glucose response. Another one has the worsening glucose response. Another one has no impact at all. And so the question becomes when you hear studies like, you know, one day coffee is good for you, one day coffee is bad for you. For who? And here you get to see it. And it's not just someone telling you high level research studies specifically for you. And so when we got, we saw this, we got excited. And then we said, how do we bring this to the market? What made it really fun is that these are medical products still. So you have to digitally write prescriptions off 50 states. So we took on an adventure of like, how do you write prescriptions 50 states digital legally? And then we started stripping this out. The software is not good enough. So then the question became, how do we build analytics so the software could be very interesting, easy to understand for human beings, not just medical professionals. And then we added professionals on top of that to really help people engage and keep people accountable, interpret the data. So now you basically get a piece of hardware, software, as well as a human being really interlaced to let people understand everything about their health in real time. And we've just seen incredible results. We've seen people you know, lose 50 pounds in like three months and sustain it. So they're not doing this yo-yo dieting. Or if you've seen people hit Olympic records, we've had a lot of professional athletes. So this, I mean, glucose is one of the main molecules in your body. Think about it. Between your base, you have glucose, you have protein, and you have fat. Those are three main molecules in your body. So those determine how you feel all the time. And so uh, really one of the key critical components of our health. Now, 
said there in your bio that you've gone to over 100 countries. Now, I, yeah. I've been to plenty, but I mean, for us to yell, America, America. Yeah. And, and you know, we we love to wave the banner. We we love to to put our dicks out or proverb or figure dicks out and go, ah, we're American. Yeah. But I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. When you go there, usually everybody's healthier, everybody's thinner, while most of these people waving the flag and screaming, you better yeah. speak English, or like in these these little scooters, these electric electronic scooters they look like they they weigh 300 to 400 pounds how come as a society we don't like look at that and reflect and go holy well i mean a lot of factors right one of them is that i read somewhere only 15 percent americans even have a passport wow 85 percent americans don't even leave the u.s but when what's interesting is i'm in brazil right now actually i've been here for about three months and what's interesting we're americanizing the rest of the world too so we're actually getting the rest of the world sicker and sicker as well as we're going with it so, you know, we like to spread everything and we're spreading our McDonald's and our Burger Kings of the world. So people are healthy, but they're getting less healthy because of us. You know, here's a, here's what's crazy about this. If you look at France, for example, those guys live like six, seven years or more than Americans do. Yet they smoke cigarettes all the time. They're still si- And so how is it that we don't even smoke cigarettes in the U.S. anymore? Yeah, they're still smoking cigarettes and living longer than us. And it's the quality of their food and their, their fitness ability, right? They're walking everywhere. And it's and it's funny. I don't know what we put in our food specifically because even with something like bread, if I eat a baguette in New York or a baguette in Paris, my glucose response is significantly lower. And we see this over and over. And it's the chemicals we keep putting in our food. It's it's mind-blowing. And so this is the issue that we have. And how we solve it, it has to start with government regulation or banning some of these products. You know, If you open up any product, you look at the background, it's just soybean oil, canola oil, just nothing but oils that are just causing us harm and causing these issues. Well, you're going to laugh, man. I'm only five foot eight. And nobody would ever go, whoa, step away from the table. But every time I've been to the Mediterranean, every time I've been to the Rome, the Barcelona, okay, everybody's taller. I get that. Congratulations. But- Man, everybody's super thin. Yeah, and you're right. Yeah. They smoke up a storm, and you try. You know, like, oh, okay, I'll I'll try their large, and and you know, I, I look like Chris Farley, that <laughs> guy, and a little, yeah. and it's like that. That's why, yeah. Seen the studies. I've seen the reports that you know we're we're pumping Popeyes, we're pumping Domino's into the UAB, into all these other places. But still, yet if you go to McDonald's. They've got McDonald's in France. They've got McDonald's in Italia. They got McDonald's in Spain, in España. But you're right. There's got to be something different in there because, you know, oh, smoking's wrong. Smoking's this, smoking's that. And most of us don't. We're not promoting Marlboro here as much no, no, over no. there, man. Everybody, like, you know, it looks like 1950. United States, 1960s, in those movies, everybody's smoking up a storm. They're super thin. And don't, don't, you've been everywhere. There's zero gyms. I've never seen yeah. zero gyms, man. <laughs> we have every, every place that I've ever worked out, anywhere in this country, there's like 20 either mom and pop gyms. There's CrossFit boxes. There's global yep. gyms everywhere. You would be like, oh my gosh, everybody here must look like trying out for the Olympia (laughs) everywhere else in the world. It's like, where's the gym? Well, you'd have to go to your hotel and go to like a real crappy gym, but everywhere else there's zero, man. Yeah. And I mean, this is, you know, they, they always say that, you know, your abs and your fitness is made in the kitchen. It really is like 85, 90% of way you look and feel is about the food you consume. That starts with that. Right. And you could work, you can't work out of, you can't work out of a bad diet. That's part of it. But even if we talk with McDonald's, they have rules about what kind of meat, what kind of bread they can use in these countries. So even McDonald's, the food is actually healthier. That's the irony about this. We send, send and sell our logos in these countries, but then we make their food better than our food. And it's, you know, these are the trade-offs, right? Capitalism is one of the reasons America's done so well, but also it's one of the negatives, right? How do you reduce cost all the time? How do you reduce costs? How do you increase revenue? It's always worse ingredients, uh, more chemicals, things that are pretend food, not real food. And that's what the dilemma really here is. So is that why we always, the proverbial eye roll when like, oh, a Coca-Cola tastes so much different there. The the McDonald's tastes so much different there. I can't say the Taco Bell because I don't have, I've never seen it before. 
the macaroni grill or an olive garden tastes different. It is. It's different. I mean, even Coca-Cola, I mean, they, in different countries, they use different sugar, right? Uh, some we use, I mean, we use the worst kind of, worst kind of we use sugar cane, right? This is one of the worst sugars you can use, but it's just sugar, sugar, sugar in every single thing. It's sugar and it's oils. We use so many oils that are not the old school, you know, it's not olive oil. This is like soybean oil, canola oil. These are things that are manufactured with chemicals. And if you look at it's, I mean, it's interesting enough, but if you look at a granola bar, it's supposed to be granola bar, it's supposed to be healthy. You actually look at the back of it. Nothing about granola bar is healthy. Is the, It's like oh. eating sugar for breakfast, right? And people give it to their kids. And I mean, this is the problem with a lot of these diseases. It's not like one day you're healthy, next day you have diabetes or heart disease. It's a continuous degradation of your body. And so it's kind of like if somebody does a little tap on your shoulder, you won't have anything wrong with you. But if somebody does, you know, 50,000 times nonstop all day, every day for the next 20 years, you're going to have a big bruise there. And that's what's happening. We're causing that with our arteries and we're causing, causing this thing called elithium damage inside. And so that's actually what's driving us to become sick over time. And, you know, this is why now 89 million Americans are pre-diabetic. 89 million. That's one in three. Think about how crazy that is. That's that's an astronomical number. Now, I get glucose because we spoke about it before we started. Yep. Why is it that either everybody's looking for a new diet or everybody goes through the Atkins or the paleo yep. or the Mediterranean or whatnot? But when it comes to actually, when it comes to glucose data and reading glucose data, it's like if we're speaking in tongues, we're speaking in a different yep. Nobody, Everybody's like, calories in carbs yeah caveman <laughs> what's interesting people and we have this interesting misconception we always assume that if you're overweight you must be unhealthy and if you're an, if you're skinny you're healthy we've actually seen a lot of people we've seen like professional athletes who have like six packs eight packs and they have diabetes type 2 or pre-diabetes and what happens is this they eat terrible food they're eating consume terrible food and they're consuming like five six seven thousand calories a day and because they're running around all day at practice, they actually burn it all off. However, they're putting extreme amount of stress on their liver and their pancreas to take care of that crappy food out of their system. So they actually cause themselves unhealth, unhealthy issues, yet they look good. And we've actually seen people a little bit overweight who are pretty healthy, who have not a lot of issues. And so that's number one. It's important to separate those out and look at specifically your biomarkers. And then a lot of times there's correlation weight loss. But it, you know, ignorance is bliss, and we as human beings like short-term rewards. So when you eat, a, you know, something delicious, you feel really good, a little high right away, the dopamine rush. But if you think about long term, you know, naturally we're meant to be sluggish, relaxed. We don't want to, you know, constantly hunt. And so now all the foods available for us, there's no need to go hunt for the animal, right? We can just eat whatever we want. And so we, a lot of times we're fighting with our nature as well. And so these companies know this, and that's what they're able to so effectively market to us. Um, they give us the highs that we want, right? We've been for us, we found a beehive before with honey. We loved it. We just we, you know, ravage it. And now you can have it 24-7. That's the problem. Now, so then we just have a huge misconception because so many times, I mean, you probably know I know people work out, they've got rock hard abs. Yep. But they can eat whatever. And, yep. and they post about it, they laugh about it. So technically, if we check your glucose levels. And everything else, and their stress levels, and their liver—they they might be a ticking time bomb, even worse yeah, than yeah. The, the sedentary guy that size 38, 40, 42 waist. Yeah, I mean that's that's very critical, right? I mean, it's you just start seeing. This is what's fascinating about these kind of devices. You start seeing all these unique things. For example, intermittent fasting became extremely popular in the last couple of years, right? And everyone's you know on this diet where I'm going to eat only four hours a day or six hours a day and have this big window intermittent fasting. And studies started coming out about it. And if you take a deeper look, and we went to it because we have people tracking this, you start realizing, interestingly enough, for most men, intermittent fasting actually is good. However, for women, it gets real different. Once they go past 16 hours of not eating, more than 50% of women have negative effects and actually start gaining weight on intermittent fasting. So they're literally not eating and they're gaining weight because their body goes in this state of like, oh my God, I'm starving. And cortisol actually increases their stress response. And all of a sudden their body says, oh my God, I'm starving. I need to save fat, create fat. So it's actually taking whatever glucose they can find in the system and creating fat for them because they need to make sure they can be able to provide for children or create children. And so this idea of not segregating, providing data in general terms is very misleading. And this is why I always tell people like, you should go to the doctor and you should ask for you know an A1C test. It's a test that looks at your average historical glucose values. And you should do these kind of tests 
quarterly or maybe even monthly, not just annually, because of too much time passes, right? And a lot of times when doctor, you ask doctor, like, hey, doctor, what should I do? My cholesterol, my glucose, or my lipid panels look bad. The doctor says, eat better and exercise. But what does that actually even mean, right? Not much. Usually, though, the doctor that tells you that looks like <laughs> he needs to be doing a lot more exercising and eating clean. I mean, irony is that right now, last time I looked, I'm like, 25% of our customers are actually doctors, nurses, physician assistants, all the people in the healthcare industry. Because right now, last time I looked, it was something like 15% of medical professionals I actually taught at least one nutrition class in their postgraduate or graduate school. So think about that. 85% of doctors have never taken nutrition in their life and they're recommending people how to live healthy through nutrition. It's, it's actually mind-blowing. What they're taught is how to prescribe medicine and how to operate surgery table, right? Oh, yeah. Why do we need to yeah. do it in the first place? I, I know that quite well. My ex-wife for many years was a pharmaceutical sales rep. And I was mind blown when, because, you know, a lot of people idealistic when yep. they think doctors. Yep. And she was like, oh, no, you know, they'll, they'll prescribe something just to hook up their buddy that took them fishing, that took them to a Miami Heat game, that bought them <laughs> a few tickets. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no way. They're like, yeah, yeah, they're they're you know they write scripts. I'm like, no, that can't be right. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean that's why I remember one of my primaries years ago. Guy guy looked like he should have been on the Biggest Loser, and he's talking and he's like breathing heavy, gasping, gasping for air. And he's he's sweating like Patrick Ewing. You know, it's like sixty degrees in yeah. office. So I don't know why he, he was sweating. 300 plus, And he's like talking to me about, you know, we can do two things. He can give me a pill to why thank you, or you know, about having to live more healthy and active lifestyle. And it's like, dude, healthy, active lifestyle that or, yeah. what are you speaking to me? Because, you know, but, but that's good though, that believe it or not, that doctors are doing this. So Talking back about the intermittent fasting. Yep. So women shouldn't do more than, you know, how they. So I think it's in critical. So I think it's critical to test, right? Number one is why are you doing it? If you're already a healthy person, you probably don't need to do it. Intermittent fasting is good if you're actually trying to lose weight or trying to improve some kind of biomarker uh, after a certain time period, right? But if you're already healthy, why do it? And number two, some people need extra body fat. Like you actually need, especially if you're at an age where you can still create children, if you're before menopause, you need certain body fat and you have to accept it. And I think there's nothing wrong with being, you know, having a little bit of hips as a woman, right? Um, and this is the thing that, you know, the one correlating factor with improved glucose control outcomes, actually testosterone. And this is why it's just, you know, I know the world's not fair, but women's bodies are much more complex, right? And this is, you see now historically that there, there's a study that came out maybe like two decades ago, it was about breast cancer. And they looked at it and 97% of people in the study were actually men. And you're like, how are you doing a breast case, you know, breast cancer study on men? And it's specifically because it was cheaper to do, you know, these studies because for women, they have a menstrual cycle. So they have maybe a 28, 30 day period where they change in hormone cycle. So you have to do the study for a year versus for a man, you could do it for 30 days. So people are just doing it because it's cheaper and faster. And so the idea, I mean, you basically want to start understanding owning your own health. You know, we can say and we can debate about the broken system in the US, but unfortunately, it's not going to change overnight. And even if it starts changing, it's going to take too long, 20, 30 years. So how do we own that health ourselves? And it really comes down to just test, set a baseline, then try to make changes, hopefully smart changes when you have professionals that can help you, and then test again and see, and you see these comparisons over and over and over. I think there's a guy named Brian Johnson who sold a company, I believe it was to Venmo called Braintree. And he spent something like two, $3 million on just testing. He was actually able to reverse his age by like 12 years, which is crazy. But he just tests every single thing. And I think it's critical for people to start slowly. Don't do those things. That's a little absurd, I think, for most people. But basic things, test your cholesterol, test your glucose monthly at first or quarterly, just so you get a baseline and understand how to improve these markers. Well, I've been giving women bad advice just based on the advice I got. Uh, intermittent fasting, yeah, you could do a, a 25-hour reset your body. Now, I would never tell anybody because I remember my former gym, they were doing like two-day fast, then three-day yeah. fast, and four-day fast. And it's like, 
I'm like, yeah, you're, you're dropping serious amount of weight, but it's not sustainable, man. I mean, I can't eat. No, too many people like, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to eat a sensible diet today. And then I'm thinking I'm just going to go 72 hours without eating, just going on a, on a water fast. Yeah, it really, I think all these things is really is with who you are and where you are, what's your baseline. I think the problem is that we see something, like you said, Jim, we see some of these people who are like CrossFit athletes who are already top peak performance. And then they start doing these long-term fasts. The question is why, right? If you are, you know, significant overweight, so maybe 100, 150 pounds, then it makes sense. But even then you should work with a healthcare professional to make sure that it's effective weight loss, not just you lose it. And then two months later, you gain it all because now all of a sudden you have these cravings and you don't know how to handle it. Uh, so it's, it's really all about who you are and what your baseline is. This is something I've been meaning to ask you. I hate shots. I, yeah. I've hated needles since I've been a little kid. Is this painful? You're, no, you're- no, no, no. So there's, you know, there's a little film that goes below, below your skin, but it's a microfilm in it. It's like a couple millimeters. It doesn't hurt. There is a needle that looks very scary, right? The needle is just for insertion. It doesn't actually stay. And for the audience, it's basically a tiny, you have a tiny little, almost like the size of like a tiny cap or like a dime. And it sits on your arm for 14 days. And that's how we know your blood sugar in real time, 24 seven. Um, and it's getting better and better. It used to use NFC. Now it's using Bluetooth. So the data is just constantly sync into your phone. I mean, in many ways, if you think about it, it's basically having a doctor with you 24-7. You could see anything that's happening. It's it's very addictive, honestly, because there's a lot of things you don't realize that starts impacting you. An example of this is stress. Some people are in extremely good health, but then every day at 4 p.m., they have this big glucose spike. And you're like, what's going on? What's going on? They start tracking what they're, what they're doing. They're like, and it turns out the meeting with their boss every day at that clock time. And then their stress level goes up and they feel the stress. Interestingly enough, we had this one client who, you know, they were super healthy. And one day their glucose looked like there was type 2 diabetic for like two days. And we're messaging them, like, what's going on? Are you okay? Are you okay? You're having like some health crisis. And they responded two days later and they're like, sorry about that. I was getting married, guys. So their stress level of getting married was causing them to just have extremely high glucose markers. But I mean, it seems like people are enjoying this. I mean, we've now, within three years, we've now worked with over 60,000 people. And people are just finding us us organically through podcasts, through blogs, through news everywhere. And we've now, you know, I think amount of people to receive help from us has dramatically have been improved. Now, is can you get this monitor all fifty states, Hawaii, yeah. Alaska, Florida? Yeah, that? all fifty, all fifty U.S. states, all fifty U.S. states. Super easy. It's and you just go to a website, and you just fill out a health questionnaire, and then. From there, people just get approved and it gets shipped automatically from our pharmacy partners of their house. Okay. Here, I thought it was like a long process. You know how? how no, no, no. I have to go to my primary. My primary has yep. to send me some, some other doctor. This other doctor has to hit me up for a few co-pays until, you know, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll write the script for you. So it's nothing like that then. No. So there's a script writing. We use a we we make it so the customer feels almost like it's Amazon. They don't even notice anything. But in the back end, there's a complicated process with us pre-approving you, then sending it to a doctor in your state, them reviewing it, them approving it, then sending it back to us, us sending it back to the pharmacy, then we ship it to you. So to you, it looks like, oh, look, it's like Amazon, but it's actually very complicated in the background. Again, one of the many faults of the U.S. healthcare system. But happy to get you signed up after this if you want. i love that remember always pitch always sell everybody is a potential prospect and a potential client now i'm actually intrigued but is this some how often does a person have to get tested yeah so what happens is idiot proof i have to ask dan because literally just the other day i mastered the word processor so you know i know how to turn on a computer but you know i know I know how to cyber stalk my exes and, and you know, post yeah. selfies and, and whatnot on social media. But how how easy is this to operate, this monitor? It's pretty easy. I mean, it's two buttons. You know, you put two things together and you press and it's clicked into you. And the new version is actually even easier. The thing about it is once you put it on, our, on your arm, it stays there 14 days. Don't think about it. And every 14 days, you put a new one in because unfortunately, your body does destroy, start destroying the filament because it thinks it's like a foreign invader. Mm-hmm. but super easy, painless. It's really a question of like how cutting edge do people want to be? 
right? We're still very, it's, we're still at the very early stage of this where a lot of times people say like, what is glucose? What the hell is a glucose monitor? Do I even care about this? Why does it matter? You know, but we've talked before about COVID really exacerbated this because we start seeing more and more of the evidence that comes out. Most people that passed away from COVID and most people that got serious illness from COVID had one of two problems. One, lack of vitamin D, which means go out and get some sun 30 minutes every day. Simple as that. Uh, and the second one's or glucose control. Those are two main factors for poor outcomes. And we see this over and over. And this is always the two bad outcomes for surgery, for pretty much anything. And so people start to understand what glucose was in the first place. But Dan, you, you said for layman's terms, so obese people were yeah. dying from Corona, COVID, the Chinese flu, whatever people want to call it, the pandemic. So then why the hell were people buying snacks more than 15 days worth of snacks and power eating their way through the pandemic for two years even though yes we all saw the studies that you know the heavy now we can't manage our our you know our age another factor but two if it kept on saying you know if you're obese your chances were rising especially people are still wearing masks driving around own car why is it that they're still power eating their way through their snacks, carbo loading like they've got their power lifters and they've got a meat tomorrow? Is it just me? Addiction. It's addiction. No, it's it's addiction, right? Number one, it's addiction. And we saw a lot of this even exacerbate during pandemic because people didn't leave their houses, right? And a lot of people live in urban cities and they have their, you know, one bedroom apartments or sometimes studio, like in New York or Chicago or LA. And so now they can't even see anyone. What else is there to do? You're addicted. You can't go outside. You're bored. And this is causing even more mental chaos. And so people are just pounding their way through food. It's like anything else. And that I'm in agreement with you, but fortunately, what happened, I even caught myself sometimes just like eating and I'm just like, what am I doing? And I had to consciously stop. You know, it's a pleasure seeking environment. You know, before you might have, it's because remember, food is similar to drugs, it's similar to other activities like playing sports. You get a dopamine rush. You eat food, you get a dopamine rush. Now, all of a sudden, these activities of you going, meeting your friends or doing any physical activities or hanging out with anyone is gone. How else do you find pleasure? And you still want that dopamine release food. That's what we basically created. And binge watching TV as well, right? Well, you're you're a little younger than me. Well, you're way younger than me. But back in the day, back in the 90s, we had this zero fat trend going on. (laughs) Yeah. And and there was this company out, I think Nabisco owned it, called Snackwell's. And people were just like power eating these these cookies, which tasted like shit, by the way. And any anybody that's Generation X, but they're like, oh, don't worry about it. These fat Oreos or whatever, <laughs> you know, they're they're just. But in the grand scheme of things, Uncle Sam, our government told us, you know, fat free is the way to go. But with the power of information, it's just mind boggling these days. That I mean, yeah. We were all bored, man. I mean, we saw the the Tiger King. We we were posting how uh, we were going to change our lives. We we're going to write books. We we're going to have washboard abs. But instead, we got fat, and, and we we learned about Exotic Joe, and we power walked yep. through Netflix. But I mean, I mean, but the problem with all this is there's now we're at a place where there's not too much information. Where there's an abundance, we don't know what's right and what's wrong. Right? If I type in right now, what's a good diet? Hundreds of diets. And we as people, we might be an accountant, we might be a marketer, we might be an engineer. We don't have time to research this. And that's a dilemma of all this now. There's overabundance of information. There's a drug that came out a couple of years ago. It's very popular, used for obesity. And actually, it's one of the few drugs that shows that it, it gets helps people lose weight. It suppresses appetite and helps people lose weight. It has almost no negative side effects so far has shown. And guess what happened? You have all these women in New York who are like 40, 50 years old. We're like three pounds, you know, maybe... We're a little three, four pounds overweight and they're taking this drug and they're taking, you know, it's we as a culture and society have this obsession with beauty, but at the same time, we have obsession with working hard and also marketing. It's, it's just like this capitalism and cataclysm is causing issues. We, and it's also shortcuts because there's that the, the diabetic drug that people are, are taking now because they want to lose weight and they, they want to lose the 50 pounds that they gained over the past few years yesterday. Yeah. And it just doesn't stop, right? And so the question is, how do we fix this? And I think it has to be fixed with a lot of times with direct consumer companies. A lot of the big healthcare industry giants, they know how to fix this. But what's the incentive for them to fix it? You know, if you're making $50, $100 billion in revenue a year, why do you want to change? 
what why would you want to change and so they're just too ingrained i read somewhere something where it's like a third or quarter of our entire spend is on healthcare every year right mm -hmm. and people always make jokes where they're like oh you know healthcare in the us is doesn't care about people something like 16 million or 55 or 16 million people are either medicare or medicaid in the us wow. that's bigger than the size of france that's and france crazy. is a socialist country right and yet we complain are that we don't provide healthcare service, right? And this is what irony about this. People say like, oh, America, he has extreme capitalists. And yet we're this weird dynamic where we capitalize you getting you sick. But at the same time, when it comes to maintaining your sickness, we're happy to help the government. But it's always about maintaining. So, I mean, it always comes down from like, how do we regulate some of the stuff? I don't know. It's, it's hard. But then you have too much regulation. That's the other issue, right? Then you have overregulation. And so... Dan, wearing your glucose monitor, yep. you, do you take it off to shower? No, nothing, nothing. Nothing? Swim, work out, shower. You don't. Go to you, bed? you literally pretend you go to bed. Pretend it's not there. You literally pretend it's not there. I'm telling you, it's a little addictive. People sometimes, you know, they'll use the program for three months. After three months, they'll stop, and then they'll just get addicted and be like, I need to come back. Because just know, having a power of knowledge is so impactful, right? And you see what happens when you sleep, which is interesting, too. Some people actually find they have like a sleeping issue, sleep apnea or something, because they're seeing their glucose increase or decrease too much when they're sleeping. They're like, wait a minute, what's happening? Realize they're not breathing properly at night. And all of a sudden their body goes in this cortisol response and they wake up and they're like, oh my God, that's what's happening. It's pretty fascinating. Now, how long are we supposed to wear the monitor? Sure. It like so it really depends on your goals, right? If you're if you're a really healthy person, you just, I would say a month, a month and it's enough. You learned and then maybe you check in once a year for a month. I remember when I say a month, this thing is tracking you, you know, 24-7 nonstop. And you're actually getting new measurements every 15 minutes. So if you think about 15 minutes for 24 hours times 30 days, that's a lot of measurements. So you're getting thousands, thousands of measurements. If you're someone who maybe is 100, 200 pounds overweight, I highly recommend 12 months, 18 months. So you can slowly get back into the state you want to be. You, people don't get overweight and obese, you know, in a week or a month. And they can't just lose in a month or a week all the way either. So it has to be continual, steady improvement. Now, Dan, everybody's somewhere in the middle. Not everybody yeah. looks like they're in a pie-eating contest or a biggest loser. I'd, I'd say average person, three, four, five, six months. Does this tell you, keep you going on track? Like it's like saying, hey, yeah, coffee, it ain't working for you, buddy. Or, hey, the pizza that you love, it ain't working for you. Give you like. It yeah, what happens is you track you what you eat and the software will tell you like, hey, if this specific thing's bad for you, this is good for you. Or this is bad for you, try this instead. And then you try it and it'll be like, okay, that worked or maybe it didn't work. Let's try something different again. And I think you just know what to eliminate. So a lot of times I'll even tell people, hey, you don't need to cut all sugar. What you could do is like, hey, I know Coke is much worse for me than ice cream. So I'm going to, when I cheat, I'm going to have ice cream or someone else is completely different. And so even by just making small improvements, you're actually improving long-term and over time. So it's not one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, I eat 4,000 calories. Tomorrow, I'm going to start eating 1,500 calories and I'm starving all the time. Here, you can consume the same amount of calories. But what happens is, is this, by not spiking your glucose, you're actually not starting an insulin response, uh, which has to grab the glucose. And by doing that, you're actually making your body more steady state, right? And by having a steady state hormonal response, you're not in this jittery state where you're constantly like super activated and then you crash. Then you sleep is terrible. And then again, next day you're tired and next day you're not exercising. And so that's the goal here, really. Your body wants to stay in homeostasis all the time. And that's what we're trying to get to instead of these highs and lows that we're seeing people all the time eating junk food and then, you know, crashing all the time at lunchtime. But what I find impressive though is because I'm from the old school Oh, just eat 1,800 calories. It's yeah. all calories in, calories out. And that that's completely flawed because somebody could literally just eat, work their way into McDonald's or yeah. hard diet and what exactly. and you know, hit the 1800, 1800, have a caloric deficit, but their body's just like in shambles. Exactly. I mean, and what's interesting, ethnic background makes a difference too. Right, we see people from the Irish background eating potatoes, no problem at all. Once you introduce more rice to the background to their diet, all of a sudden they don't respond as well. Right, the microbiome is built differently. 
and same people with Asian descent, they eat rice and they have a pretty good response. You start adding mashed potatoes, for example, the Irish day, and they also have a bad response. So those things matter a lot, right? We're a multicultural society. And so understanding specifically what types of food for your background, microbiome makes a difference. Even so with women, for example, depends on what stage of their menstrual cycle they're in. It actually also makes a difference how many calories they consume and what type of calories, right? And so it's what I always say, you don't know what you don't know. And what you start seeing, it's very addictive, very addictive. Well, what's funny is you said depends on your ethnic background, but I've heard so many people, well, rice can't be that bad because Asians eat it all the time and they're so thin. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, people, people say a lot of things, right? <laughs> right. But, but you hear that while the person's like all the time and they're eating like, you know, carb loading big time and saying, well, yeah. And, it's funny because you said that because you you have a point because I've heard so many people, well, why do you eat why do you eat so much rice? Well, in Japan and in China they do it and they they can live to 100, but you know, you said it best. It's it really does. It's it's crazy. And what's interesting your microbiome can change over time too, right? When we age our even something that this going to sound silly, but like even some of this pollution changed the way you respond to food. Um, all these factors are interlaced. And so when you might move, you might move from Miami to New York and all of a sudden it's completely different environments, different, different bacteria in the world. Uh, you start responding differently to the same exact things. And so it's important for us to constantly change you know, and test all the time. And so, I mean, women, again, I know I keep burning women because their bodies are so unique compared to us, to men, where you have the kind of pre-pregnancy, you have pregnancy and then you have post-pregnancy. And again, the foods that could, be, that could have been amazing for them pre-pregnancy and a post-pregnancy are now terrible for them because their body actually changes so dramatically. And so I think it's incredibly important to just constantly track and measure your health and we have to own it. So I guess we, those pronouns do matter then. Biologically. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, what's, what's fascinating. You start to see, if you go to South Korea, for example, a lot of things we're talking about for them, preventive care is a standard. You know, mm-hmm. they will spend, they'll always track every single thing. They'll scan your brain. They'll scan your whole body. Annually, for us, is when I say these things, they seem like far-fetched. Why would you want to track your cholesterol? You know, and yet all these other countries around the world, specifically around Western Europe and some developed Asian countries, they do this stuff because they realize the value in it. You know, if you can identify a disease that might happen 20 years from now, and you could pause it now by making small tweaks in your habits, it's dramatic impact. Dramatic. Well, with us, it's always like, yeah, I'll test for that when I'm throwing when I I have symptoms. Yeah. And then it's too late, right? And that's the problem. It's too late. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, you know, every I, I know, you know, in July I turned fifty. So every us, oh, so have you tried your colonoscopy? I'm like, no, <laughs> man, I'm not a stage yet. The magical when I hit that magic when I cross the fifty, that's when I'll do it. But yeah. that's not just me. That's just that mindset. Yeah, I'll go and well to to us. Yeah, even you know we're supposed to do the standard annual checkup. Yep. Most Americans don't do that. We yeah. go for annual checkup. You know when we're coughing blood, when we're crapping blood. You know when when we're all of a sudden we we look like death. That's when we're like, yeah. oh, God. <laughs> and the doc's like, doctor's like, so what was your last check? Like twelve years ago. It's interesting. There's a lot of interesting companies that are popping up that are putting annual physical checks in barber shops, actually. Because they know men like getting haircuts, getting getting shaved, but they're like, how do we get them to do a check? Because it's so critical. And they put them in barbershops and they even charge insurance, everything. Well, the best part about it is history repeats itself because years ago, the barber was seen as the, the health practitioner. And yeah, and that's why, you know, old school, the red and white, it meant, you know, you would go to a barber, they, they would throw leeches on you or, or they would cut you up to try to release the toxins or whatnot so i mean perfect place to go no judgment here any any place to do a health check and whatnot now your your monitor is is this something out of pocket or does yeah right now i mean this is the this is right now it's out of pocket right and this is the part we're trying to move past insurance companies are finally starting to realize like hey Yes, we may save money right now on someone by not covering some things, but then 20, 30 years later, when they have a heart disease or a diabetes, then all of a sudden we're spending tens of thousands of dollars on that person to keep them alive. 
that becomes an issue, right? And now we're seeing, you know, one in three people. And so right now within US, it's trillions of dollars maintaining people who are barely surviving because of disease that's caused them over decades. And so in terms of slowly starting that way, they're starting now cover some type two diabetes. And I think they're going to start doing pre-diabetes soon, but it's it's not moving as fast as needed, right? It's It all comes down to, again, capitalism, right? So if you think about it, if you're a CEO of a big insurance company, and all of a sudden, you know, you have a certain cost base. Do you have to say, okay, how do I get my promotion or my raise? I have to reduce my, I have to increase my profit. Always. If I now, if I start spending money right now on preventive care, yes, I help people 20, 30 years down the line, but I'm not going to be in this company six, you know, 20, 30 years down the line. Average CEO of a company stays for six, seven years. So I say, ooh, how do I actually save it, spend as little as possible and then put it all to later? Let the next CEO deal with it or three CEOs later. And again, same thing happens. So I save money now. And then people get sicker and sicker, but I'm not CEO later. My profit doesn't matter, right? And then so we see this continuously. Incentive structures driven by short-term gains by these executives. Remember, a lot of these compensations are based on like either profits or their stock price, things like that. In the short-term, not long-term. And so nobody wants to invest that money in the long-term. Well, business 101. That's why Jack Welsh mortgaged everything, bet every, pushed everything towards the future when he was CEO at, at GE. And temporarily, GE was the number one company, number one company company to invest in. Everybody was checking him out as like, you know, the the god of all CEOs. <laughs> and then when, when years And now look where they are now. Yeah. When it crashed, everybody was like, oh shit, he did a horrible job. He just pushed their, you know, short term he he looked like you know the second coming of Warren Buffett. He was this paid speaker, wrote all these books. Everybody was just like, "Oh, we need to be more like Jack Welsh." And then you know, look like what you said. Look, look at what GE's been for years now. It, it's definitely nowhere. It's in most companies. That's a problem. Like most companies have this issue where it's you just see companies, even hospitals, insurance companies, were just pushing costs out further. But sooner or later, it crashes down. And then the problem is that it's an exponential crash later, right? And how you stop it, I don't know, right? I think we as individuals have to take ownership of our health and our lives. And we have to say to ourselves, hey, yes, we have this healthcare system. But on the side, I'm going to also try to do some of my own, maintain my health. Because it is a personal responsibility, right? And so we have to try to do the best we can with it. And hopefully, I can do a little part here as well. Now... How affordable is this? Mon- it can can any average American afford this yeah. to purchase it? I mean, to be to be totally frank, it's still very expensive, right? It ranges from two hundred dollars to like three hundred dollars a month, so not cheap. That uh, that's affordable considering the amount of money we we spend on eating now. Yeah. On, on and that's the thing, but we forget, right? We forget that you go to that two hundred dollar dinner, you're like, oh wow, that was no big deal. But then you have to when you have to buy some health related, you're like, oh, it's too much money. And so a lot of people complain like it's too expensive. But I always tell people like, what does your leg cost you in life later? Right? What does your heart cost you? But people yeah. don't think about it that way. But but Dan, if you're if you can social media post hashtag winning because you went to Nobu hashtag winning <laughs> yeah. steakhouse and all these other places two hundred dollars a pop yeah. can't you pay for this and you're going to be hashtag winning if three four five six months from now you know you you look healthy. You yeah. lost the weight. You look amazing. You don't have to use the filters. You don't. You you can actually <laughs> use the real time pics undoctored, and you look amazing. To me, I would rather have that hashtag social media winning than they're throwing down a credit card at any of these places. Yeah, I mean, I'm in agreement with you. That's why I started the company, right? And that's why people are. I think a lot of people that sign up for like our service also agree. But, you know, not everyone does. And that they, it comes from just what we're taught. You know, we get it's the same thing as we're talking about this chocolate bar at the checkout counter. They put it there because they want us to buy it because last minute purchase. And you get same thing here. You put a picture of yourself looking sexy, shirtless with a filter. And then all of a sudden you get 100 likes. That gives you immediate gratification, immediate instant gratification. You working hard for six months and learning by yourself and then losing weight. Oh, that's a long term gain. Do you really want to do that? Right. And so it's about how do we remove this instant gratification, these addictions in our life. And it's difficult, right? We've been programmed to be addicted to everything and everything has to be like this. You start seeing the music now. If you go to a lot of concerts for especially younger generation, the music was, they don't even finish the song. They'll do like third of the song, third of the song, third of the song, instead of doing all the way through because the young people, they lose attention. They want new song, new music, more, more, more. I need more dopamine rush. 
And you're like, can I just listen to one song all the way through, please? And so society we live in, you know, phones are just addictive, everything else. And so, you know, people's priorities have changed dramatically these days. But I'm hoping that there's a revolution of health is your wealth, right, these days. Well, Dan, I've, maybe it's all my years in personal and business development. But to me, it's not the cost of $200, two to $300 a month. To me, what's it going to cost me year, years-wise? Yeah. What costs me health-wise? What's it going to cost me if I don't make the changes? Me, $200, $300 is an investment, man. I'd, I'd rather easily invest that. Everybody, you, you don't have to stream the five or six different streaming services that you yeah. You know, you don't, you don't have to go out every weekend, every night out to eat. It's all about making positive choices. To me, I'm not I'm not a sales guy for your company, but to me, six two hundred dollars, you know, two to three hundred dollars a month, six months. But I I turn back time, like what Cher would say, and I, I look better, I'm stronger, I'm leaner, it, I can get a promotion, I can yep. sell more because. The way we look, if we look healthy, and if we are healthy, our confidence goes up. We look better. We sell better. We become yeah. a better leader. To me, that's hey, that's a no brainer. That that's the investment two hundred to three hundred. Yeah. To me, I thought you were going to say like something. No, no, no. That I was going to. Well, it's interesting. Prepared. It's interesting. We actually have a lot of a lot of our customers are salespeople because they realize by improving their diet, they get better quality sleep. And when they get that better quality sleep, they're able to be much more focused and much more built, much more able to sell more effectively. I mean, sales is about how do you communicate effectively with the right people at the right time. How do you convey that emotion and connection? And by being really sharp is very critical. And so, sleep quality for salespeople is just extremely vital. And so, people have been using it for that as well. Well, also confidence. I'm sorry. How can I sell you if I'm undisciplined? And I look down and the last time I saw my wiener when I was peeing was sometime, you know, in the Bill Clinton administration. <laughs> I don't want to be vulgar, but you'll sell more when you feel better, when you're more confident, when you're like, oh my gosh, are they looking at me because I look like I'm counting down my next meal in 10 minutes. No, man. I mean, health is wealth. Mindset is wealth. Being, being better on the, on the lowest basic level, you're going to live longer to be with your family. You're going to live longer. Yeah. So you, you have quality years. Nope. Nobody wants to live and ha have to pop 50 pills a day and, to me, maybe I'm wrong, but that's the way we should. I, know, I think you're. I think you're right. You know, I think it's the question is how do we change the mindset of an entire nation? That's the complexity. You have a small percentage of people like you and me who believe this, who understand this, but the vast majority of people are just they're ignorant to this knowledge. And somebody needs to open their eyes, but they're constantly bombarded with ads of the nutrition cereal, the new this, the new that. And so, how do you stop this? How do you block that out? It's easy. One day, hopefully, everybody wakes up and there's no magic bullet. There's no microwave yeah. to success. It took, if if you're 50, 60 pounds overweight, it took you a while to get there. You didn't just yeah. power eat one Christmas, you know, one Thanksgiving and Christmas, and oh my gosh! And yeah, it takes time to lose a lose it. But you know, there's a mindset. The reason why people gain the weight back, besides their limiting beliefs, is because they took shortcuts and they didn't appreciate how long it took to lose it. Because yeah. if it takes forever, you're, you're going to think twice about eating that chocolate donut. Yeah, I'm in agreement 100%, 100% here. Well, Dan, I, I love your company. Once I got on, on your website, I was like, whoa, man, this is, this is amazing. This is tremendous. How do people get off their butt and finally do something? Mind, body, spirit. This will help all the above. How do they find the product? And... How do they find you? Yeah. You can go to Nutrisense.io. It's N-U-T-R-I-S-E-N-S-E.io. And honestly, guys, like you don't have to buy anything. If you just sign up for our, our journal, our blog, you'll see a ton of information, tests we've done and things we've discovered about people's health. Just read. Just start learning at first for free. And then if you find value, sign up. If you don't, no big deal. But I want people just to get healthy over time. Even before that, go to your doctor, ask for an A1C, ask for a lipid panel. And if a doctor says, don't worry about it, you have to demand it. You have to ask for it because this is your health. You have to own it. And those things insurance covers, by the way, 
your insurance will pay for this, but doctors are supposed to don't do it. They don't want more work. They don't want to look at more stuff every time you request it, but please do. And you can check me out on LinkedIn, Dan's of Rotney, and I'm always happy to help other entrepreneurs and business people. Amazing. And one, I have to ask you this because you know there's plenty of people that are going to poo-poo it, laugh, because in general, sure. everybody has the victim mentality. What words would you tell somebody that's been sitting on the sidelines that their health is slowly going by because it's a slow process and they keep on stacking. They're compounding, not, not only unhealthy habits, unhealthy weight. They can't sleep because they have sleep apnea or they're uncomfortable because you know they're obese. What can you tell them to finally believe in themselves enough to go on your website? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing I'll tell people is this. A lot of it, it's not your fault. It is an unfair game. You have millions and millions of dollars spent by every company trying to convince you of something for decades since we're children, that certain things are good for you when they're actually not. And so many ways we've been brainwashed. And so, you know, losing weight a lot of times is scary. You know, it feels like did something wrong. If there's a psychological burden, you feel judged. But you have to remember like those things don't matter. What matters is starting. And even when you start, if you try for two, three days and you fail, start again. If you fail again, start again. The goal is really just restarting, restarting until enough times where length of your restart and your ability to keep going is longer than you cheating and doing these cheat meals. So don't feel psychologically hurt or feel there's any shame in us. There's nothing wrong. Just got to start going. Amen, brother. You know what? One thing that I loved about you is you are in service. You're not just a money guy. You actually said, go on my site. You know, it's it's free. You can fill it out. And if you want that, that's somebody you don't see everybody as a checking account. You literally want to see people living a healthy, active lifestyle. 100%. I mean, I think we need to. I think it's a service themselves, but also service to our nation, right? We as a nation need to survive and succeed by us all being healthy. So we can do our great best work of innovating new technologies and creating this nation to be as strong as possible. Man. Dan, I know your time's limited because you are doing big things, making things happen, and you're in service, dude. You want to see people living healthy. So I applaud you. Thank you. And and I got to say, thank you for your time. Believe it or not, before I read your stuff, I I was going to fall asleep when your your public (laughs) said, please, please, please have Dan on. I appreciate it. You've taught me a lot. And believe it or not, don't be surprised if if I do become a client. But if I do become a client, I'll be DMing you on on LinkedIn. It, <laughs> Sounds it's, good. Because I'm a numbers guy. So yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, man, I didn't realize doing this was actually pushing me away from who I, I need to be instead of forward. I appreciate it. That's, it's very kind of you. And I, I love your show and I find a lot of value listening to it. I'm Thanks. glad I got to join you. Thanks. Pleasure's all mine. Take care. Love you, brother. It won't be the last year. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. What if you did work? What if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if you did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work.